0: Please, for Jesus. God bless you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. We thank God for this glorious day. We are indeed possessing the nations for the Lord. The theme of the Church of Pentecost for the year 2020 is a glorious church to possess the nations. And one of the topics we are treating under this theme is. The church called to a holy living. The church called to a holy living. The church called to a holy living. Shall we take our Bibles and read from First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. And we will read from verse 13 to 16. 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16. And I read from the New International Version. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy... So be holy in all you do, but just as he who called you is holy. So be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And Peter is quoting From what God has said. And so he said, God says, be holy. Because I, the Lord, am holy. So we have no choice. We have to be holy. The church called to a holy living. When Jesus Christ was leaving this earth, after his mission on earth, he promised that he would not leave the church alone. And that he will come back. He needed a group of people who will carry on with the mandate of transforming the nations. A group of people who will continue with the clarion call, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so he called out the church. When he was down here on earth, he gathered some apostles and disciples around him. And then he told them to wait in Jerusalem and that they will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that when the Holy Spirit comes on them, they will receive power to be his witnesses. And so the church was ordained or dedicated and it started its work. He has called us out the church to make us holy cleansing us by the washing with water and through the word and to present us to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless and he has put his holy spirit in us, the church so that we become a peculiar people, a royal nation A people called out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can propagate, we can speak forth his praise. A people who are pure, people who are clean, people who are holy, people who are sanctified, and people who have dedicated themselves to the call of God and know that they have become representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth the church is therefore called to be holy and that is one sure sign that we will see the glory of the church we are talking about a glorious church to possess the nations and if people will see the glory of god on the church then the church has no option but to live a holy life (laughs) people are walking around they want to see the jesus that we talk about so much but they will not find that Jesus on the streets of Accra or on the streets at Kokomlemle. But they will find Jesus when they see a Christian, when they see a believer, when they see a child of God who has that Jesus full inside him. So that when they see you, when they see me, the Jesus that they have heard about, they can testify that, of a truth, I've met the Christian Jesus that they talk about so much. Church, we should be able to become like Paul who said, imitate me as I also look at Christ and imitate him. We want to walk the streets of Accra, having Jesus inside us. And so even as we live in days where people want to show themselves by all other means, I want to tell you that if you want people to know that you are a worthy, you are a glorious person, then let them see the Jesus that you have inside you. We should have more of Jesus than any other thing of the world. And the Jesus inside us will elevate us and indeed we will see that glorious church. God is calling on the church to live in holiness and to live a holy life. When you look through scripture, The Bible talks about the call of God and God calling people for various reasons, for various assignments, and for various services. And when you go to the Old Testament, one person I like whose life challenges me is Noah. When you read from Genesis chapter 6, from verse 5 through to 9, Genesis chapter 6, 5 through to 9, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the earth, For I am grieved that I have made them. And I love verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So when the Lord looked down on earth and realized that the world was full of corruption. That man's wickedness had risen and had reached God. And the Lord was grieved that he ever made man. He had regretted that he ever made man. And Bible said that the heart of God was filled with pain. And so he resolved to destroy his own creation, people that he had created, and even added animals. I don't know the kind of wicked deeds the animals were also in. But the wrath of God was about to be poured on earth. And when he got ready, he looked around and looked again. And he found somebody who was not like the rest. In the midst of all the corruption, he found somebody. And so Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These days we talk about corruption in our world, particularly in our part of the world. Corruption in Ghana, corruption at the office place, at the marketplace, at the schools. And all over the place, and we begin to point fingers. But thank God, during Noah's time, people lived in that same corrupt world. But in the midst of all the corruption, somebody decided to be different. And so church, it is possible, it is possible, it is possible that in the midst of all the corruption that we are talking about, the church can still live a holy life. And so when the Lord God looked, he found somebody. How come Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord? And that is in verse 9. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. He walked with God. Scripture says can two walk together unless they agree. So walking with God means that Noah agreed with God. He knew the mind of God. He knew the things of God. He knew the command of God. He knew the statutes of God. He knew that he had to obey the word of God. He worked with God because he loved him. Because he wanted to make sure he would not offend the God that he was working with. And so God was pleased. That he had somebody that they can walk together. Somebody he can call a friend. Somebody he can call my child. Somebody who knows me. Somebody who will not go against me. Someone who will not go contrary against the word of God. And so Noah walked with God. And God was pleased and decided that because of Noah, he will still preserve humanity. God is still calling us the church. Somebody I love is Enoch. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24 says Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. When you read the Genesis chapter 5 account, it talks about the genealogy of the patriarchs. It begins from Adam. And then you talk about Adam lives so and so many years. And after that, he begat sons and daughters. And after he begat sons and daughters, all the days of Adam were so and so. And then he died. And after that so-and-so, then he would pick on again and again. When he got to Enoch, Enoch also, Bible said that when he was at a certain age, he had sons and daughters. So it means that he was also living a normal life like the other people. But then there was something that was peculiar, that was particular, that was special about him. And that is he walked with God he walked with God and he walked with God to the extent that God decided that no 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 I can't allow this man to continue to live on earth. Bible said that the earth is the footstool of the Lord. And so God walks here. When Adam was in the garden of Eden, you remember in the cool of the day, God would descend and have tete-a-tete have a chat with Adam. And I believe Enoch could have been here and still God could have communicated with him. But the work of Enoch pleased God so much that God just couldn't stay up there and allow Enoch to be here. And so one night, they have gone to bed, I presume. They woke up, wife wanting husband, he was no more. Children going into the room, where is daddy? Daddy no more. He had been translated to a higher glory up there. Why? Because he had walked with God. Oh, church, may we walk with God. People who walk with God because they know the Lord that they are serving. People who make sure that they live holy lives because God said, I am holy and therefore you also be holy. Can we be different in the midst of a depraved world? As I said, the world wants to see our Jesus. Somebody that God called again to preserve life from starvation was Joseph. And I like something about Joseph, and that is written in chapter 45 of the book of Genesis, verses 4 and 5. Genesis chapter 45, 4 and 5 says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And one thing that interests me about Joseph is that he knew that his own blood brother sold him into Egypt. At a time, the brothers were grazing their flock on the field somewhere. And the father had called Joseph, go check on your brothers and see how they are doing and bring word back to me. And Joseph was going with good mind, good intention. Where are my brothers? Scripture said he got to where they said they were going. They went there, but Joseph did not give up. He still wanted to find them, wanting to know what has become of them. And then finally, after finding them, walking through the desert place and long distances and finding them, and I'm sure when he found them with a heart full of joy, he would have run to them. And so brother Judah, brother Simeon, brother Reuben." and when they saw him in sight, They rather said, look, here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him and see what becomes of his dream. Joseph did not know. When he got to them, they caught him almost wanting to kill him. But then there was another decision. They put him in a dry well. Later, they sold him into Egypt. Now Joseph had become a very important person with authority, with power, second in command in the land of Egypt. Then the brothers had come because they were starving, wanting food. And then they go to Joseph. They didn't know he was their brother. They thought he was dead or somewhere. And then Joseph reveals himself to them and said, Come closer to me. Come to me. I am your brother whom you sold into Egypt. I know that you sold me. And then he added that, and this is what interests me. Do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So, while they were thinking evil, the mind of Joseph was still thinking pure, clean, and right. You sold me, but they're selling I know that it was God who was planning that I should come to this place so that I can save all of us and my family. What a pure heart. Oh, we need people in our nation. We need people in the church that even when they are aware that somebody is doing evil, To them, they will still receive them with love. They will still receive them and say, oh, you are my brother. You are my sister. If as a church, we all will have one mind, one heart, loving one another. No victimization. No revenge. No vengeance. But we are giving everything to God. I see you as my brother. I see you as my sister. And in the church, we are all saying the same thing. Because we know that we worship the same God. One faith, one God, one baptism. Go into communion together. We see ourselves as brothers and sisters praying for one another, supporting one another, caring for one another. Oh, what a glorious church that will be. What a glorious church. Brother, sister, I have come here today to announce to you that God wants us to live as a church. And as a church that is holy. Amen. Let me talk about one person and then move on. Uh, Let me go to the ladies. There was this young lady also, Esther. Esther. Esther chapter 4, 15 and 16. Esther 4, 15 and 16. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. There was a plot against the Jews. And uh, Mordecai had sent word to Esther to intervene. Esther was reluctant at the beginning, and Mordecai sent word to her. that don't think that because you are in the palace, you are at a presidential place. You are going to be saved. And you have to get up and do something. For who knows that it is such a time like this. That God has brought you to the kingdom. And when Esther came to herself. She said go tell Mordecai. I need your prayers. I'm also going to pray. And after we have all prayed. I will go to the king. Which is not lawful to do. But I have determined that I will go. If I have to stand in to save The Jews, I will. And if I die, I die. We need people in the church who are selfless. People who deny themselves. People who are dedicated to the things of God. And they want to know that the church is moving on. That the church is a glorious church. So whatever they have to do as a member, as a deacon, as an elder, as an officer, as a minister, together as a church... We come together and say that we want to save the nations. We want to possess the nations. And whatever it takes us to do, if I die, I die. If we die, we die. Because we want to possess the nations. Can this be our oath, church? Can this be our oath, church? I believe that time has passed when we have played church. We play church because everybody is going to church. And so we call ourselves Christians in the church. The time has come that the church should rise up and no longer play church. Like little children who are playing and then they go and struggle, find all kinds of sticks and match and everything. They light fire, set up a fire, put a, a pot on it, put water inside it, and then cook after one hour. When the food is ready, they only touch their jaws with it and throw it away because they know that that kind of food is not meant to be eaten. They will wait and eat mommy's food because mommy's food is the right one. Have we been playing church in the forests of northern Europe and Asia? Let me tell you a story. There is this animal called Ermine. Mine. Ermine. Uh, they, they are in Asia. They are in Europe. They are not here, so I don't have their local name here. But these animals are known for their snow white fur. Their fur is snow white, and especially during winter time, it sparkles and shines. And people like that fur. They use it for all kinds of things. Now, during time, when they are going to hunt these animals, what they do is this. They go, find where they live. And these animals live in rocks, you know, in caves. They live in the trunk of trees. They made a hole. And then they go live inside. Now what the hunters do is this. They wait for the animals to come out when they are going to feed. And when these animals are going to feed, then the hunters with their doors go behind the animals. And they go to their holes. And then they smear filth, dirt, grime around the entrance of their homes. Their holes they put all kinds of dirt around their homes. Now these animals have a peculiar nature they hate for death to touch them and the hunters knowing this go and smear these great deaths and filth around their homes so when the animals are feeding then all of a sudden the hunters will release their dogs to chase them as the dogs go chase the animals by instinct they have to run back to their holes and as they run they get to their holes and then they realize that, they're filled around the hole, and then they stop. And they stop and refuse to enter until the dogs pounce on them, catch them, and then the hunters can have them. And so for the amen purity is more precious than life. Can we have a church like that? Who will place purity above all others. Above money, above sin, about any other thing. That if I die, I die. May the Lord help us. Amen. The Amin could have entered the hole and saved its skin, but it refuses. Not that it can't enter. It can, but it wouldn't. And so a Christian who wants to be holy is that Christian, not that he cannot sin, but is the one who will not sin. Christian is not the one who cannot sin, because sin is all around us, but is the one who will not sin. May the Lord help us. In the New Testament age, God has called the church... In the old times, he would call an individual like Esther, like the Davis, like the Solomons, and so forth. But in the New Testament age, he has called the church. And he's called the church and giving us a lot of assignments. One main one that we are talking about today is the church called to a holy living. When we talk about holiness... It is one of the fundamental doctrines of Pentecostalism. The Hebrew word for holiness is Kadesh. Kadesh. Which means something which is cut off or separate or set apart. And Kadesh describes something that has been elevated out of the ordinary. So when we talk about holiness, it's it's someone or somebody who has been elevated out of the ordinary. So you are not like the ordinary, like the other people, for you are holy and pure. In the New Testament, the same word means as hagios. Hagios also means holy or set apart for divine purposes. It means to be separated or to be other. It means to be sacred, pure, clean, and the like. Holiness or to live a holy life could also mean To be sanctified or consecrated or dedicated or purified. In theology, we call something the first mentioned principle. And that means that if you are reading the Bible, the first time a particular word is mentioned, how was it used? And you can apply this to find the meaning when you are doing word study in the Bible. Now, when you take the word holy... The first time it is used in scripture is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, which says that, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. And so the Bible are talking about creation. The one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, six, God had finished creation. And then the seventh day Bible says that God did not do anything, but he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Later, God included that in the commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, which says that remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And so when the Bible talks about God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, what does it mean? Does it mean that that seventh day was so special? Like a Sunday that we have come to church, does it mean that the sun on that particular day was different? Or the moon was different? Does it mean that that particular day had more than 24 hours? No. The only thing is that it was set apart. It was dedicated and said, remember this day and observe it as a holy day. And so when we talk about the church being called to holy living or holiness, all it means is that we are not different from the other people. We are the same. We have the same blood running inside us. But God has set us apart from the others and he has placed his name on us. On top of that, he has put his Holy Spirit inside us. And so the spirit that is inside us, listen to his name. What is his name? Holy Spirit. So that spirit of God inside us is called Holy Spirit. Which means that We have a spirit of God, which is holy. If that is true, and we are spiritual beings, and when our spiritual being is activated, is enacted, comes back alive, that means when we have become saints, when we have accepted the Lord Jesus as our Lord and personal savior, And then we receive that justification by the Holy Spirit and we become pure and holy. And the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us. It means that by default, we have become holy people. So the holiness we are talking about is not from somewhere that is now coming. But you as a child of God, by default, you are a holy person. For it is God who makes us holy. Exodus chapter 31 verse 13 says that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. And so as you sit here, you are holy. I want you to understand that church. You are holy. You are holy. You are a saint. It is not only Mary that we call Holy Mary or Paul. And the Peter start, we call Saint Peter and whatever. Uh, me too, I am Saint Kwame. And you are Saint what? Put your name there. And so we be made holy. What we are saying is that since we are holy beings, then we should live that life of holiness. We should live. And so the first one is what we call instant sanctification. And then we have progressive sanctification. Now that we are aware that we are holy people, how do we keep our purity? Number one, cease from doing evil. If you want to keep your holiness, stop sinning. Simple, stop sinning. We know ourselves, don't we? And we know where we have been. We know the things that we have been doing which have not pleased the Lord. And the Lord today is calling us, the church, to a life of holy living. And he's saying to us, even as Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, No, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And so church, what we need to do is that we need to stop sinning. And I pray for grace for all of us. Make that effort, that conscious effort, that God has called you to a holy life. And so as you walk in and out, remember this. I am a holy being. I'm not like the others. I'll not talk like the way the others talk. I'll not do things like the others do. I will not behave like the others behave because I know I am Saint Kwame. Always tell yourself this and stop sinning. Number two, purify yourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. Purify yourself from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. Spirit. Number three, keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Keep yourself from being polluted by the world. We still live in the world as saints. And we will still see a lot of things that go around us. We will still be involved in all kinds of temptations. But what do we do? Stay away from them. And then brings me back to my text that I read from the beginning. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 to 16. Therefore, King James will say wherefore. Therefore, when you read from verse 1, you realize that Peter was speaking to the churches and he was telling them that what you have, what you have become, Church, do you know that the way God has made you, the prophets who prophesied of old, they had wanted to look into it. The things that they were prophesying, that the time will come, that the Messiah will be born. The things that they were prophesying, that in the last days, I will pour my spirits upon all flesh. When they prophesied, they go back to search the scriptures. They didn't understand. Whom is God talking about? When is this going to happen? They search and search and search. But unfortunately, it wasn't for them. Peter was saying that the prophet desired so that they would know and understand what salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and the glorification of the saints were all about. They searched and searched. They didn't. And then he continued that even the angels also wanted to know. They didn't know how God was preserving somebody to go down to the earth and then to save humanity. And so the angels also studied it. And so in heaven, the university that the angels attend is to understand what God has done for the church. And they are still studying it. They will graduate when the church has been translated and revealed and glorified in the heavens. And that is why they will know the full extent of the God's love for us. And so Peter bringing this to bear, added that, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you. When Jesus Christ is revealed, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Amen. D.L. Moody once said, Lighthouses don't ring bells and fire cannons to call attention to their shining. Lighthouse. They don't have to make a noise that I'm shining. Because they are lighthouse, their duty is to shine and give direction to ships and others. They have to shine. If you are Christians and we are the light of the world and the light of God is shining inside us, we must also shine wherever we are. Shine, brother. Shine, sister. Let the world see your light so that it can give glory to God. Let it shine. Holiness in the church of Pentecost then and now. When the church started, let me talk a bit about the early times. So that those of us who are younger, we will also know and understand why we talk about and we put priority premium on holiness. Holiness became the hallmark of the church of Pentecost during the formative years of the church. Pastor James McCune would often preach on holiness. According to Apostle Nina, McCune lays so much emphasis on holiness during his teachings, oftentimes citing Hebrews chapter twelve, fourteen, that without holiness, no one will see God. To the extent that it seemed without holiness, salvation might be considered absent. Members adhered to these teachings, and holiness consequently became a lifestyle of the church. For instance, the slogan of the women's ministry. What is it? Holiness! It originated all the way back 1945 by the brother of James McCune, Adam McCune, And it became the slogan of the women. And not only the women, but everybody lived a holy life. In fact, during those times, the church was so conscious about holiness that it was seen in their appearance. It was seen in the way they spoke. It was seen in the way they behave themselves. And so it wasn't su- it was surprising that when you walk on the streets, I remember in the, in the past when we were in a car and then we are going somewhere uh, with my wife, maybe to a church that we don't know. And then we get to the town and we don't know where the Church of Pentecost is. During those years, no signboards. And then you want to find out. You see somebody walking. And then it comes to us and so oh, this person going, must be a Church of Pentecost member. Let's stop and ask. When you stop and add the probability that that person is a COP member was almost 100%. It showed everywhere. And so it was their priority. During those times, all you need to hear from a member is praise the Lord. If that person responds, hallelujah, you can give your precious gold to that person to keep, you will come one year and meet it intact. Today, today, even if you have not given it to them. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. Let me tell you something that happened in a general council meeting. In one of the general council meetings that was held at Kumasi in 1968, it was directed that the wives of elders, overseers, and pastors she set good examples by dressing modestly and discarding the wearing of wigs. How many women are wearing wigs here today? Some even refer to wigs as the extension hair piece of mommy water. The men were also discouraged from spending time visiting football stadiums. So the men were also not to go to the stadium, and it was thought that they could use that time to pray. At that same meeting, there was also another instruction that football pools, lotteries, raffles horse racing, and all others were gambling, and therefore the church should not do them. And all these were so that standards could be maintained in the church. Today we know that these hair extensions are just, what, cosmetics, they are plastics, they are nothing. But they were concerned at that time because it was newly coming in, and they thought that as children of God, they shouldn't go after these things. These days we know better. But if we know better, then our holiness should also improve by the way we do our things, by the way we talk. I pray that our standards will even be higher than those of old. And that when we are saying anything, because this time knowledge has increased, we will serve God with better understanding and live holy lives. When you go, time will not permit me to talk about our constitution And how and why. And I think that as a church, we need that. Maybe I'll find time and talk about it. But what I'm saying is this. The church in the past put premium on the fact that they had to be holy. Why should they be holy? Two things drove that idea. And number one, they equated holiness with power. Holiness and power were synonymous. During those years, they have come out of idolatry from witchcraft from evil practices, from all sort of things. And they have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that fear was still there. And it was believed that these powers are still there. And the Jews and other things, the talismans, will still be following them. What then should they do? Then they were taught that you need to seek the Holy Spirit. And so during those years, people could walk from the Ashanti region, come to the Eastern region, just to come and speak in tongues. There's somebody who walked from Kumasi to Asamankese on foot. Why? He wanted to speak in tongues. And he walked to to Asamankese. When he got there, the zeal was there. The passion was there. God had prepared his heart. As soon as he got to that meeting and the people were praying, he joined them. He started speaking in tongues. And after he had spoken in tongues, he walked back. Hundreds of miles back to Kumasi. All he wanted was the Holy Spirit. And when they spoke that tongue, they associated that with power and holiness. If I have spoken in tongues, that I become powerful. Then I have to live holy life because the Holy Spirit is holy. And so they make sure their life were pure and holy. And once they get into that stage, they were not afraid of any witch, any demon, any juju. So during those years, they could confront any witchcraft, any juju, in the name of Jesus because they were full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus cried the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of the Most High God has not diminished as He was yesterday. He is still today. And I believe that even today, He is doing greater things. He needs a church that is holy, who will exhibit and explain and make sure, who will propagate His power to the dying world. People want to hear, they want to see. God has chosen you, church. He has brought you here, church, so that he can fill you with such power, so that the world can know the display of the power of God. One time, Paul said to the church at Corinth, I have not come to you with with, with mysteries of words and all kinds of wisdom and everything I don't. But I've come with one thing. I want to display the power of God, the one who died and resurrected, the one who was crucified and now live forevermore, the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and see the power of God. Church, God needs somebody who will stand in the gap. God needs somebody who will be holy. God needs somebody who is full of the Holy Spirit so that we don't always have to refer that our forefathers did this, this and that Today, God is still in the miracle-doing business. He will do it again. He's still doing it again. But he needs a church that is holy. And when we are holy, these things will become natural, normal, everyday occurrences. May the Lord help us. May the Lord be with us. And as he's looking for somebody, may he find me. May he find you. As he's looking for holy people, church. As a brother, as a sister. Who will be on the Lord's side? Who will stand with him? Who will say, here am I, send me. Who will commit themselves, dedicate themselves, put their life on the altar and say, here I am, use me, O God. If you want somebody to see Jesus in the streets of Accra, in the streets of Kumasi, in the streets of Sunyani, it is me, O Lord, use me. And God will indeed use us. May the Lord be with us. Amen.